Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020, and it's a good one. Packed show today. Packed shows. We got good stories. We got life lessons. We got insightful stuff, informational stuff, entertaining stuff. Charles Davis, Tommy Curran, AJ Hawk, and obviously the legend, Aaron Rodgers. Hell yeah! Let's get right to it. Last night on Muppet Night Football on ESPN. What a crock of shit that was. The worst fucking television I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. I don't know how that gets okayed. Maybe the Muppets are coming out with a new album. What a shit show over on the Worldwide Leader. But nonetheless, it couldn't have been worse than the way the Pittsburgh Steelers played. Last night, they lose to the Bengals and a guy named Ryan Gilbert starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ryan Finley, by the way, might be a dude. He had moxie. He threw in that 24-yard scamper to end the whole goddamn thing was nothing short of impressive. Zach Taylor proves that he can win a game. Will the Pittsburgh Steelers ever prove that they can win another one? To talk more about that, we got diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan at Tone Diggs, who is dreading this morning. We saw it all morning. We saw the text messages last night. I FaceTimed him while he was putting together a table. I said, there's no way the Steelers lose tonight. This could be a sign of really troubled times. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose their third straight game after going 11-0 at Tone Diggs. State of the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base how you feeling sure they look they look bad bad at football they look, i mean they yeah. look bad at <laughs> they football. they look really really bad that, it's unbelievable that that team won 11 games now that we're thinking about it did they now the early bye week okay the covid rescheduling the everything they had a lot of odds stacked against them yeah okay mike tallman maybe one of the best coaches in the history of football if you look at his actual record people are calling for his head yet again in the steelers fan base but that team looks like a shell of itself he's dancing on logos still chase claypool's recording it oh, he gets knocked no. out if oh, they win oh. there by the way what a big game for juju after dancing on the logo and them losing they, everything seems to be in disarray over there digs what do you got to say for the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now because, by the way, if you look at the playoff projections, if they win, they're in. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to get in the dance. Are they going to embarrass themselves? Yeah, they're in. Um, Some are saying Ben's arm looks like a noodle. It could be from lack of uh, giving up porn. Maybe he doesn't. Ooh. He's not getting the same oh, reps during the week oh, that Ben gets. Those are working out the little muscles. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The like quick the, twitch muscles. The little yeah. muscles that you don't think because when you rehab something, okay, when you rehab something, they worry about all the little muscles that are the stabilizing muscles. You know, like every whenever I get my uh, knee surgery and then I go back to rehab, they're working out the little tiny muscles mm-hmm. in the thing around oh. the the quad and the calf and everything like that in the in the outside of the shin. Maybe it is. Because Ben found the Lord so heavily mm. that the little muscles in his arm are no longer there, and he's it, it looks bad. Mm. You know, we went after Drew Brees just two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks bad that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And and some may say it's a bad thing that the the fourth safety who was now starting linebacker got hurt, and some other things. But I mean, there were some good things last night, Pat. There was a lot of good things. Uh, Ebron's gone. So we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> hey, that you can't do like that. You can't do that. He got injured, obviously. Um, no, no, he's fine. There's a tweet that just came out. He's fine. Oh, okay. But the Steelers oh. found out that they they're better without him. Is what? what I was saying. <laughs> Whoa! Last oh, night, yeah, yeah. Vance came in that they started running the ball. Benny Stelfire. Oh, okay. So Ebron's fine. I didn't see this. Yeah, tweet. it just came out right before the show. Trust me, that line so was, was not coming out of my mouth. Yeah. No organ damage. Thank God. So this oh, was a Paul God. Pierce situation. 
because he got carted off, right? Yeah, he was on yeah. The, they had a zoom in on a sky cam on his, you know what I mean? Yeah, he it was like he was half laughing. Is he okay? Know. No, he looked like he was in pain. It just he, came out. I just saw the tweet. I promise you. Okay, if like, Ebron's oh. back, then the Steelers will be back. Yeah, they're back. Uh-oh. They're back. If Ebron's oh, going to be back, the Steelers will be Hopefully back. Hopefully, Juju got some sense knocked into him after for the second game in a row. Teams were talking about how they were using it as motivation, and he caught the ball, and then he fumbled the ball like he did last couple years of season away. Um, I love how the, cool. the tweet goes, he should be okay. Yeah. Yeah, who's that? From a doctor? <laughs> Just pro football talk. Like, he uh, should Florio. Be, <laughs> should, should be yeah, okay. he should be okay. By the way, Florio's not held to the standards of medical journalism. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. that, that is 100% cool. And we will run with Florio saying he should be okay, by the way. <laughs> Good news for the Steelers if Ebron's back. He, he should. Eric Ebron should be okay See? for Sunday's game. Should be okay. Huge. Now, not not good for Diggs and Steelers fans, it sounds like, but he should be okay. They always lose the bad teams. We talked about it. We talked how they were two and eleven against teams on when they're double double digit favorites on the road. Uh, that's good news. Uh, the last eleven team that was eleven and zero, and then at some point in the season lost three games in a row, went to Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, and Saints. Oh, oh yeah, they beat us that year. And, uh, oh, oh why would you bring yeah. that up? I because because was, good odds there, like good way to spin stats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a good way to spin stats would be like, you know, there was a team that won 14 games straight, yeah. and then they lost the last two in pretty bad fashion to the Jets and to the Bills that, at the time whenever they were the Bills, and that would be the team that I was on that went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Saints. But that's a very different team, I think, than than what we're seeing with the Steelers. Don't you think? Is it hard to – or you're comparing those exact situations. Those exact situations because Drew, Drew Brees back then still had his noodle arm. I mean, he was his <laughs> – Tony. <laughs> Tony. They lost to a three and thirteen oh. bucks in week fifteen. They and, weren't trying to was, do that. And Drew Brees was trying to win that game. Correct. Because home field advantage in the NFC was still on uh, uh yes. up for grabs. Three and thirteen bucks in the division. Very similar to the Cincinnati Bengals game. Okay, go on. What was the next game? <laughs> Uh, they they lost to the, the the Cowboys the first game, then the then the Bucks, and then the the third game. Uh, Drew Brees sat out. They were resting. Oh, uh, so that was the three straight Uh-oh. games that they lost without their quarterback yeah. the one time. Okay, they had to the kicker Garrett Hartley playing quarterback for them. <laughs> Actually, it was Mark Brunel. Oh, wow. that was after he saw or bought into the floating <laughs> furniture deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. That's uh, but but awesome. by far the most important win last night for the Steelers is uh, the fucking Stooge. Jinx, curse, Evan Fox is no longer Steelers. Yeah, at Evan Foxy, is it, has it been official? Have you, Since they lost last night, you have said that if this team loses one more game, you're done being a fan. Is it official this morning? I, I have a lot of thinking to do. Let me put it that way. Oh, okay. You know Whoa. what? I'm pissed off. Why? Whoa. My whole life, I've been a Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. All right? And it's been miserable. I watched them go 0-16. Oh, yeah. I watched them ruin draft picks, fire coaches, and in my 26 years, I've never seen them win a playoff game. So I decided this year, yep. I'm going to pick the hottest team in the league, right? Yep. The most storied franchise in the league in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> they have been to the playoffs before. Before. And you know what? I thought it was a good choice. And then, lo and behold, oh. right when I become a fan, everyone said, Foxy's a curse. Foxy's... That team just stinks. That's all it is. That team's terrible. You don't think it's because of you? No, absolutely. This isn't Harry Potter. I've said it before. There's no curses out there. That's just a bad football team. The city of Pittsburgh is going to have to understand that. Otherwise, 
It's going to be a rude awakening come playoff. Now, we did talk about this last night. You have paid your dues to Pittsburgh, too. Every single time you go into the Three Rivers City, you go right down to Rivers Casino, Mm -hmm. and you donate three, four, five hundred dollars immediately upon arrival, tipping the gangster in the middle of the city like you're supposed to do. You've spent hours in bars and restaurants around the city of pittsburgh you've tipped well you have been a guy who has dedicated yourself to pittsburgh within the last year and now you're dedicating your fan to what a lost cause is that what you're saying at this point foxy i just can't believe this is how the team repays me (laughs) i cannot believe that this is what the steelers put on that field last night and lose to the cincinnati bungles unbelievable they lost to the Bengals. uh foxy while you're back there if you could cue up some things that people were saying about you on the internet (laughs) that'd be fantastic Mm -hmm. at boston con here the Patriots are officially out we'll talk to Tom E. Curran in the second hour can't wait he told us before the season that the team stunk and then he actually said he wanted to cradle your face Mm -hmm. Uh, Ty Schmitz here we'll be talking to Aaron Rodgers third hour cannot wait to chat with him it's going to be a little bit shorter chat today because they are working today because they're off on Christmas Mm -hmm. so we'll be have to hammer some great questions to him what happens in the second half I am going to ask yeah I'd like to know what's that bobblehead in front of you right there oh yeah uh, it's supposed to be (laughs) me as Mad Mel Oh, so, so, oh. Whoa. <laughs> so, well, so let's make sure we never get a bobblehead from this person. But some guy made it. Very know? nice of him. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrible, but it's very, very nice of him. The Mad Mel <laughs> does deserve to have its own goddamn. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the person. Was this the same person who sent the Oreos? No, no, no. Uh, my lady actually got this for me. Some guy just made it, and then. Oh, you know. okay. All right. Well, if it was the same guy who sent the Oreos, I was about to take everything no. back. I thought that was Kornacki. I, oh, really? Oh, I thought that was potentially Kornacki over Put there. Put a smart board in front of it. It is Kornacki. Yeah. Maybe I haven't sent another piece. It could be Kornacki. Mad Mel, though, was one of the most legendary moments I've ever seen in my entire life. Mad Mel probably have a lot to say about what's going on with the Packers in the second goddamn half. Yeah. Can't wait to chat with Aaron mm-hmm. about that. Congrats on the uh, the thing. Thank you. That's not a bobblehead. What is, is it a bobblehead? No, it is. Oh. oh, oh I, I wish mean, the hair... I wish I know, the hair would have went. When I first saw it, I said if we could somehow poof that hair out a little bit more. But for those that are listening, Ty Schmidt has a doll that just showed <laughs> up on its desk on his desk, and I had no idea. Like that's that's just something that you notice whenever oh, yeah. there's a little human standing in front of Ty. There, yep. uh, F. Lazito's here with a poll. What does your poll say? Are the Steelers dead? Oh. Uh, no, fourteen point eight percent, and yes, eighty five percent over a thousand <laughs> votes. And the reason why they're dead, everybody's saying, is the Fox, uh, Evan Fox, and Fox knows he's already penetrated the Steelers building. I mean, the Fox curse yeah. has already been there. But the city of Pittsburgh is fed up with Fox, and the tweets that were being sent last night to Evan Fox were just absolutely legendary from Frank Cross <laughs> at I. Play with trucks. Oh. This guy will stomp a mud hole in your ass. By the way, I play with trucks. What do you think he does with trucks? Whatever it is, it's tougher than whatever you do. I don't want to know. He said you're the Adam Cole of PMI. <laughs> that is true. You wow. stink. Stink. That's a little low. All right, I'm not that much of a scumbag to true. be Adam Cole. True. And if you move your fan base yeah. on to somewhere else, I assume Frank Cross, who plays with trucks, will come back around. What's another one that was sent about you? Uh, at Clarence <laughs> Theodore the Fourth. So there's been. Uh, f- three other Clarence Theodores. I assume oh. they've all accomplished great things. Uh-huh. So let's keep the name going. You and Nick Moraldo need to beat Foxy back to Michigan tomorrow, he says to Tony <laughs> Diggs. Gonna beat his ass, Tone. A lot of these uh, had a similar, a similar thing where they all wanted uh, pain inflicted on Foxy. Foxy, what's oh. another one that you got last night? It was awesome. Tone Diggs might actually kill Evan Foxy tomorrow on the show, but to be honest, that'd be more fight than the Steelers have shown in three weeks. Oh. <laughs> That's a good tweet. Is that right, Foxy? Good point. That's from Russell Russell Jensen at R Jensen 1990. That kid's only uh, 
30 years old he's talking that Shut type up. of shit to you, dude. Uh -oh. uh, what else is next? Uh, at Brian underscore Cross <laughs> says everyone hates you to Evan Fox. And that's kind of where we'll leave it. Everyone hates Evan Fox in Pittsburgh. But they can't blame Evan Fox. No. The offense is terrible. That's yeah. a bad offense. Yeah. And they, they showed old Ben sitting next to Rainey Fickner and everything like that. And they I don't know if they were talking or what they were trying to figure out. It's just a terrible offense. Why is it so bad? The run game started going a little bit. It did. Hey, Benny Snell scored at Nick Marotta. What do you got? Pat, have you ever seen a team go 11-0 and not one rumor, not one whisper, not one sound of their offense coordinator getting a sniff of a job anywhere else? True, yeah. Nobody was talking about Randy Fickner potentially getting a head coaching no. gig. But that also, we talked to Field Yates yesterday, Vanderfield Yates, Mr. Vanderfield Yates. Uh -huh. And he told us, uh, basically, I forced him and I bullied him into saying it, basically. The, unless Randy Fickner's agent is going to push that he's going to be a head coach, you're probably not going to hear that he's going to be a head coach. But you will hear some pundits potentially say, like, for instance, Buffalo Bills offense coordinator probably going to get some yes. looks. Mm -hmm. Like They start those conversations. Nobody has done that with old Randy Fickner. He's just a stooge there to placate Ben. He's a pawn. That's all it is. He stinks. Yeah, but Tomlin. And now Ben stinks too. Yeah, so. but how does Tomlin feel about that? Because Tomlin doesn't feel like uh, it, it doesn't feel like Tomlin's the type of guy who's just going to sit there and be like, "Yeah, you want know Randy? Just keep fucking burying this franchise." <laughs> I, that feels like something Tomlin will end up uh, changing. What don't you think? I mean, that's there what, was a point last night where I, w I wish that there was not masks because Tomlin was next to Randy, and you could see in his eyes like he was mad. But I really wanted to see the words coming out of his mouth. But then, like as far. Ben's trying to get some balls in during warm-ups, and Claypool and Juju are frolicking around the field for uh, TikTok. So, th and so this is this is why Juju should know that any tweet you put out, any TikTok you put out, you automatically are just building up ammo for people to blame you for everybody else's faults. Mm -hmm. Do we think it was Juju's fault last night they lost last night? No. You think Vaughn hits him less hard? If he doesn't dance on a logo? No. Maybe. maybe. Hey, maybe. <laughs> hey, hey, we don't know. Might be looking for him. Hey, we don't know. No, but I would assume he still hits him. But it is. Last night was a shit show for, I mean, and then the Cincinnati Bengals chopping him on, on, uh, on the Steelers. <laughs> yep. I mean, he did the juju dance. Yvonne knocks it out from Pittsburgh TikTok star. And then they don't even add ESPN, by the way. They just go watch on ESPN. <laughs> I love. They're probably fed up with the fucking Muppet bullshit too. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, what was that? Who knows? I mean, I know that I missed a lot of things in my childhood with Disney movies and all that. I never watched the Muppets. I don't even know how did that get. How does that get incorporated into Monday Night Football in the AFC North? My guess is they saw the tweets last week about the Nickelodeon game being streamed, the slime and SpongeBob and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, that's a sweet idea. Let's do something like that." No way. Bingo Muppets. Yes. That I do. The Muppets exist still? Like, do I, they have a movie coming out? Is there an uh, album coming out? They had some bars there before the before the game. I heard old buddy spitting some bars with the beard, the guy. Uh, it was like a uh, a rendition of Monday Night Football, the game, but in a Christmas jingle. I don't know if oh, you guys nice. heard it or not. It, it was bars. Like, it was pretty good. I thought this. But but they, they came back, by the way. Commercial break, halftime, oh, yeah. third quarter. Did the Muppets just pay an yeah, incredible got, amount of money to get on this thing? Yeah, I got a – it's called the Meta Masterpiece they're, they're releasing, and it's coming out on Christmas Day. M Muppets oh, okay. They must have dropped Christmas. a lot of money for this. Yeah, but how come they didn't say that ever? Did they even feature Bill and Ernie up in the – Oh, the yeah, graphic? the olds were referenced. <laughs> the olds were referenced a couple times. They, they got a couple little spotlights, but the Muppets have a movie. This is why they did yeah, it, so we Christmas would do this. Carol, yeah, so we do, we're doing what they want us to do. I feel no, like. but by the, it's owned by Disney, right, so everybody's going to watch it anyway. That so. is a good point, though. They didn't mention that. Not well, once. <laughs> I actually tweeted a couple times, like, did the Muppets have it? I didn't know. By the way, I didn't know what the Muppets were because they were singing. So I thought they were potentially, like, are they, like, do they make music? Is, is it a musical, their episodes? 
Is that uh, a Muppet song? Not really, but there are sing-alongs and stuff like that, yeah. I think. Bars from old buddy, but boy, I'm like, what are we doing? Is there nothing else coming out? Can we not put something else together? You know, yeah, for Wonder not. Woman? I don't know. Maybe Wonder Woman. <laughs> Is Wonder Woman coming out? Yeah, yeah Christmas Day. Uh -huh. Who owns wait. Wonder Woman? Disney. Uh, no. No, that's Warner. Warner Brothers. Is it? Yeah, so you just made something up it's there. HBO now. <laughs> You just completely I thought it. it was Marvel. That's on me. That's but you know what? I, by the way, I thought Greasy, Lewis, and Steve did a better job last night. Huh? Yeah. I'll say it. Really? Yeah. I'll say it. Maybe because I hated Muppets so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just so angry about the Muppets popping in there. And why am I so angry about the Muppets? I'll tell you why. Because the same people that made the decision on who goes in there and told me that I didn't have enough cooth for the booth, those people, they're doing that thinking it's hilarious. And maybe it's just me being a hater. But if they would have said, hey, we got something coming out on Christmas, it's like, okay, all right. Makes I, sense. At least this makes sense. I didn't even know that until this was Zito had to break the news for mm -hmm. me. Because they were just shoving the Muppets down mm -hmm. our goddamn throat last night. But I will say, the reason I think I was enjoying the game a lot more just strictly because I saw all of Pittsburgh just kind of burning down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Zach Taylor, that guy, everybody was wondering if he could ever win a football game. I mean, last year tried to win. This year he's tried to win. Hasn't done it on a regular occasion at all. Cincinnati Bengals don't even have a practice facility. It's mm. December 22nd. It's cold as shit outside. Uh -huh. They won. Against the student. Maybe that's why it was such an enjoyable experience for me last night. Where the, the, the broadcast was good. I, I, I was so mad. I turned off the sound after the first eight minutes, after the, I don't know, the 13th punt. Uh, you, there was a lot of punts early, by the way. Congrats on your bet. Hit it. Congrats. Come on, Tony. Uh, yeah, I thought they were okay. It's, it's going to be tough preparing for Monday Night Football when you're interviewing for all these GM jobs. Lewis Rake, by the way, congrats to him. I hope he gets a gig. Mm -hmm. I, I, a former player getting general manager jobs is good, good for everybody. Mm -hmm. I like good football player up there at the top. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Swinging a hammer, chopping, uh, swinging the axe, bring your playbook, you're fucking out. <laughs> See that ya. whole thing. That'd be good to have. I thought they were good last night, though, I think. I think they were. I didn't see the internet going. A lot of Muppet talk on the internet. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. The Muppets did a real number on everybody, and then by the time they got to the broadcast, it was like, you know what? Fuck it. We've given it to these guys for 14 weeks. Tonight's about how much we hate the Muppets. So maybe the Muppets were like the sleight of hand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I think they got to do that every time now. Smart. That's Lead off with some stupid shit. Over here. And then I guess whenever I have a kid, you know, I'll understand the SpongeBob shit and all this. What are we doing? Is what they're watching this game alone? These kids? Or are you forcing <laughs> the parents to watch alongside? I think it's that one. Why yeah. are you punishing parents? I don't know, man. You gotta get next generation of kids to be football fans, though. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But they'll forget that game exists. What one swipe of a. Any social media well, account? How, how issue, dumb dude. do they think kids are? It's like, hey, let's just put a pair of googly eyes on Patrick <laughs> yeah. Mahomes. These kids are going to fucking love it. I mean, hey, we all love football. Hey, it's Christmas season, and we are being a little bit negative, but it's about time. Like, these are some fucking stupid ideas. Are, are they not? I mean, these are some dumb ideas. Come on. I mean, we grew up, we love football. And love we, football. We, football, we watch people getting their, their neck snapped. And, <laughs> and guess what? Guess what it did to us? This. Yeah. Hey, right here. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't hey. want to know the football fan that has to grow up on SpongeBob field goal posts. Well, it's just, I don't understand it. And these people that are making these decisions, by the way, are making so much money that are making these decisions. It's like, come on, come on. But hey, we will have somebody watch the SpongeBob game, probably Mitt. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and Mitt will report back to us. Yep. That's when's that? In a couple oh, weeks, right? That's awesome. playoffs. Dude, uh, to be honest, not enough Patrick. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're sliming Greasy and Levy in the booth, then that's one thing. Yeah, it's but. Nate Burleson. Uh, it's not. It's um. It's not even the Monday Night Football crew. No, no, no it's, it's no. It's Nate. It's the NFL Network. I, I think it's NFL, by the way. Not like ESPN's doing this. It's okay. uh, the NFL. It's Nate Burleson. Maybe Vaughn Miller. 
Really? <laughs> I don't know. I saw a couple of names get tossed out there. On the host? No, I think Nate's the host. Oh. By the way, Nate did a good job hosting CBS last week. Happy for him. Um, good morning, football, by the way. Toe drag swag. Mm-hmm. And he is a rapper. Yes, he is. That's right. And oh. his, his 2020 recap rap is one that I cannot wait for. I wonder if he'll mumble rap in there just because that seems to be the new trend of everybody. Huh. Just I can't rap, but I'll put words and sounds together that make no sense. What's that, Diggs? The play-by-play will be Noah Eagle, which is Iron Eagle's son. The, no. the analyst will be Nate Burleson and uh, Nick Stark. Gabrielle Nevea Green. They should oh, okay. have kids do it. Well, is that that's a kid? He's a oh, child. He's an actual kid. Is that a child? That's I have to look him up. Iron Eagle's kid, probably a chit, a kid, right? A child. He does basketball. Yeah, I think he like just graduated from Syracuse or something. Oh, nice nepotism. Just handed a job. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, good. I'm sure he's great. Let's go to Kyle in Canada. What's going on, Kyle? Hey, Pat. How's it going, bud? Not too shabby. Thanks for calling in again. Can't wait to chat with you. What do you want to talk about, just- pal? Well, I'm just glad I've been able to pick up your show in my region. Yeah, well, hey, yeah. <laughs> Canada, Indiana is a pretty big region, but it's not a bad one. They have their different accents. They love maple syrup, and you can't skate on ponds there. Nope. You skate on ponds there, the uh, moose police will come out, and they'll yeah. slaughter you and kick you out they'll of They'll fucking ragdoll you right off the rink, pal. Right there in Canada, Indiana. <laughs> Make sure you stay off the ponds, okay? <laughs> Don't even think about it. A I just baby. want to say it was an honor getting cut off for Stone Cold, and I wonder if I could tell you a little story uh, about some kids who were impersonating Stone Cold in my middle school. Well, Kyle, I have about 100% feeling that this story is going to suck, but let's go for it. All right. Well, you know, like, for that reason, a bunch of crazy kids end up uh, at one school. Well, there was, like, a group of grade eights when I was in grade seven that, like, their entire mission was, like, Stone Cold stun every kid in the entire school that was in grade seven. And they were, like, plucking kids that, like, uh, morning, lunch, and after school. So, like, some kids were getting stunned, like, three times a day. And depending on how you look doing it, they would, like, turn into a full-blown match. And then I failed grade seven. That's probably why. <laughs> oh! Not a bad story, Kyle. I mean, there's no reason to tell that on this regional show, but that's not a bad story. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Really? I, back in the day, there was a lot of stunning going on. Oh, yeah. I used to do, uh, well, at the time, it was uh, DD. Uh, T's uh, or DDP's Diamond Cutter. Oh, Diamond, Diamond Cutter. cutter. That used to come out of nowhere. British Bulldog, uh, the Bulldog as well used to oh, get yeah. that. Uh, nowadays, I assume the RKO, but boy, teachers hated it. They, they did not understand a good work. You know what I mean? Apparently, they weren't watching. I don't know. <laughs> no, their deal. How far back in the day kick. were you doing that? You go straight back to the fucking. <laughs> I think we're doing it in elementary. So I think Holiday Park it was Yeah, it's probably the right age to be doing it. Oh, you're saying grade seven, grade eight? Well, no, Nick was doing that to me four years ago every single time we went out on the south side, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nick literally just did that to me last week. He did, yeah. Stunner? (laughs) He lifted me up. He's German suplex. One time he did to me, I got so mad, I just took my entire beer and just poured it on his head. Whoa, that was mean. Hey, that was a shoot, bro. Okay. (laughs) He was in the luxury box of a pirate game. He got a little embarrassed. Uh, You (laughs) could By the way, not a bad thing to do with your friends. No. Doesn't matter what grade you're in, apparently. <laughs> Just talks. random wrestling moves, by the way, needs to happen again. The RKO started coming out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is the old diamond cutter, but the but it's a little bit, I guess it's flatter, right? It's a little bit more attack. There is subtle differences, I guess. And Randy has made it obviously awesome. And he lit a motherfucker on fire the other night. So, oh. I mean, Randy Orton goat talk and that, that whole thing. But... Those aren't a bad thing to do. How about Some, tombstone somebody? Yeah, see, that's one you should stay away from. Yeah, that's a little dangerous. Yeah, I can't believe Mongo McMichael had <laughs> yeah. that as his finisher, by the way. You ever, you ever throw a super kick in the hallway? Just, oh, uh, I super kicked an equipment manager in uh, 
in the Colts locker room one time, and he was in on it, but nobody else was, and he sold that some bitch. Oh, nice. He went into a uh, into a laundry basket. Oh, wow! It was awesome. Oh, I think we have it on, I think we have it on film. <laughs> it was pretty. We set up like a camera, and like a couple people walked by, and then all of a sudden he was just like, you know, that whole thing, and I came flying out of nowhere. And by the way, this is happening while. The rest of the team's watching film. Setting up these shoots. So that's why anytime you hear an NFL guy bash kicker and punter, I'm cool with it. Like, hey, I get it. Because while you were, you know, studying whatever blitz the package they were coming, I was setting up a goddamn camera <laughs> to sweet shit music and equipment guy. But it was pretty good. He sold that thing. He went flopping up over that thing. Somebody was like, is everything okay? Is everything? Is everything okay? Everything's great, pal. Will you wheel him the fuck out of the man's got to work here soon, so let's get right into it. Joining us now is a man who's our MVP, not only on the field, but off the field. Uh, Super Bowl champion and legend of a man. And alongside him, uh, another uh, legend and Super Bowl champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers and A.J. Hawk. Yeah! boys uh great to see you aaron Rodgers tuesday is always a beautiful thing but today and i had saved this until now uh because i think you two will be able to give a little bit more of a personal side of this thing let me lead off here when i was a kid uh my parents took me to steelers training camp okay as a little child love love going to steelers training camp you know get the sun on my face my parents enjoyed us got us out of the house and they didn't have to pay attention to us for a while and afterwards there was always a signing that happened or pictures taking and kevin green was the last guy that was there the day one of the days that i went and i, got, I never asked for pictures with anybody uh my dad or my brother somebody was like i'll oh, go get a picture with that guy take a picture of me he was so nice he high-fived me and uh then i kind of like became a fan from that day forward and i never got to know him personally but anytime i watched him on the field he was electric in wrestling he was magnetic off the field i've heard these incredible stories yesterday he passes away rest in peace to a legend i know he won a super bowl in green bay with you two aaron i'll lead off with you obviously rest in peace to an absolute living legend huh kevin green yes yeah, um it was the second coach that uh, has passed this year that has been a part of our staff over the years john rushing who was with us for a number of years and and i spent a lot of time with john uh, as he was an office and offensive assistant for a long time uh, he passed earlier this year and then yesterday uh, i got some texts from some former coaches as well who alerted me kg was one of those special guys man just you loved having him around uh, there's so many stories um, of him you know age used to always uh, joke with him about doing a bunch of roids back in the day <laughs> being a wrestler but at his heart, man, he's such a such a great human. I mean, he's such a sweet, sweet guy. Intense, you know, always talking about Cobra Strike, and you know, he got that voice. And he, yeah, it's basically he, he was taking, you know, his personality. It seemed like in the in the ring was the exact same personality that he coached with, and and just a, a sweet guy. He used to love like playing pre practice catch with me and Matt Flynn. And I remember, especially in 2010, he would get out get out there early and love playing catch with Matt, and he would commentate the entire thing like. You know, like, nice shot. Like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Everything was the sweetest ever. Oh, if I didn't catch it, it would have broke my face. You know, he's just literally a kid in a candy store playing pre-practice catch with Matt Flynn. And I used to just love to get out there and just watch him and just listen to what he was saying. Um, but he was instrumental in the, in what we did that year. Uh, such a fun guy. We used to go back and forth and, and give each other shit uh, and inside jokes at practice. But uh, just 
and so much fun to be around. Great wife who sang the anthem uh, at our stadium a few times. Got to know his kids, especially Gavin. Gavin was working in the uh, in the equipment room a couple of the training camps. Um, you know, definitely will miss him, and and uh, it's definitely a big loss for the sports world and for for anybody who was around Kevin. Just knows how special he was. By the way, it feels like, and thank you for that. I just felt like I got to learn. It feels like yesterday, although everybody was sad, there was just like these incredible stories coming out of it from the wrestling world. People were like, "Man, when he was around, just everybody was lifted." AJ, was he a hands-on coach with you day to day? Well, so KG coached outside backers, so I was playing inside in the three four. So. I actually get, was able to become, I think, closer with him because he wasn't my direct like position coach. You know that, Pat, how you can see yeah. to have like a better, not better, but in the moment because he's not the guy grading my film. But in KG sat right next to me. So I was on the aisle of our defensive meeting room. He was sat in a chair on the steps right next to me and just he would always lean over. If he saw, he was all, he loved finding things that nobody else would see like on film. Like in practice, if I... If I went downhill and dug out a puller or something and blasted him, but then somebody else made the player in a game, he would just lean over like, A to the J. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and he called me A to the J for whatever reason, and I loved it. It was the greatest thing ever. But, uh, yeah, it's he's such a rare dude to mix, like a Hall of Fame player, and he's also like the most high-character dude on the planet. It's just uh, it's unreal. Like It's terrible. It sucks. Like His family's amazing. I remember his wife singing the anthem. KG was saluting. I think he was crying a little bit. Like, yeah, just overall, one of the best humans ever. All right. Well, rest in peace to KG. Job well done. It sounds like from every human in every single particular part of the world that met him. Uh, I wish I got a chance to be in a locker room with a man that had to eight to the J. I saw that. <laughs> like, I wish I could have been there for that. That would have been, been incredible. Uh, Aaron, short week here uh, with the holiday. We appreciate you joining us. No time's going to come up pretty quick here. But I wanted to talk to you about a couple things that happened on Saturday. Uh, uh, was Saturday game weird at all? Change your life at all last week? Uh, I mean, it was strange this short week, and the defense that we played was a different alignment than I mean most teams you're going to see in the league. A lot of uh, a lot of dime personnel, a lot of three three five kind of sets, some weird uh, fronts, and stuff. Uh, really making it hard on your on your points in the run game. And and they their plan was to take Devontae out. They didn't really single him up much of the game. So. You know, we ran the ball really well. Jonesy had a big game. We just hit a lull there in the third quarter and couldn't quite get things uh, back going. But, you know, it's a good win for us. Any win at this point of the season is important. We, you know, obviously got some help from the uh, from the Jets and the Chiefs over the weekend. Um, and, you know, we have a lot to play for the last couple weeks. You guys did drop in the power rankings, though. Oh, I don't know oh, that you guys did. I mean, you might have got oh. some help from those two teams, but you guys <laughs> dropped in the power <laughs> rankings. One more quick one here. Um the belt came back. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of enthusiasm, but the belt did come back mm-hmm. while you're getting crowned. So I want to let you know just a big thank you to me before AJ gets to his question. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go to the belt. What made you bring it back? Like, okay, did you think of Pat or Nick or anyone, any of the boys, or maybe Ty when you did the belt or before? Ty, yeah, definitely Ty. You know, I think there's been some there, there's been some uh, conversation on the squad about my rushing touchdown from the previous week and how. Uh, you know, guys give me some shit for being too tired to, you know, really celebrate it all. Uh, so this week I wasn't this tired. It was a shorter drive and a, and a shorter run. You know, I realized moving them in the pocket and there was nobody around. So I felt like that could be a good time to uh, to do something. I was running kind of all over the place. I, you know, thought I had a run solution on one play and it turned into like a, 
a QB lead draw. Uh, and if, you know, Jonesy had made a block, I might have scored. You know, it might have been 50-yard 50 50 rushing touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I thought AJ was going to ask you about this immediately upon seeing it on television. Are you just uh, you just going to eat those smelling salts, huh? You had one, maybe the closest I've ever seen one to somebody's nose, and you didn't. your face didn't change at all. Normally the eyes go, the, the whole face goes. You seem to just be like, yeah, yeah, all right, that's good, and then just walk out there. Is that a every game tradition, and how can you just eat ammonia like that? Well, you know, Pat, I'm sure, because you probably snorted some of those over the years, but uh, each one is a little different. You know, some of the ones are really, really strong, and you can barely get it up to your nose, and you're just, you know, and then some of them you can't, they don't have the same type of potency, so it just depends. That one probably didn't have a lot of potency, but most of the time you're really, whoa, you know, really uh, kind of waking up on this. I only do those every now and then when, uh, yeah, maybe it spends a little bit of time on the bench or something. I need a little. little. <laughs> <laughs> wakey wake. How you doing? Keep it moving, especially with no crowd. I would assume the ammonia has been a tag team for a lot more people than expected. Ty's got a great question. I'm pumped for this answer, too, by the way. Yeah, Aaron, we all saw that uh, Zadarius Smith got Preston Smith, a new car. Uh, were you, like, kind of orchestrating that, like, so that you could maybe, we can, it's like, hey, Bakhtiari, stop being a cheapskate. You see what these guys are doing. Maybe get me my car for Christmas. Uh, not necessarily, but indirectly, I think it's really helped me. Uh, just the added pressure that's put on, on Dave. Uh, I will say it's been great to see that, uh, rekindling of the Smiths. You know, they, they used to do every uh, press conference together. They're the Smith bros. And then, you know, P's been giving, uh, Z some shit about not doing the interviews together anymore. It's because of zoom. And then, and I guess they're asking P too much about why he was dropping, you know, more than he wanted to. So I'm <laughs> doing together but i think everything is you know really good now and they're they're definitely gelling together after that uh, that car thing and, and i think it's just an example of what it can do for relationships yeah uh when somebody you know spends a little bit of money on the teammates well and that's something to talk to you should definitely think about and I, I think that's a good example by your teammates to lead into this giving season especially if you're the highest paid guy ever at your position and that's just something that to think about let's talk about a guy though that kind of got screwed in the back big bob tunyon you know what I mean? I don't believe in Pro Bowl snubs specifically because if you believe in those, then you believe in the Pro Bowl to begin with. And if you put too much power in fake awards, you know, you can't really. And I've been snubbed enough to get to this point, right? It had to happen a couple of different times where I was like, all right, this is all bullshit if I didn't make it. And you, you kind of get to that at some point. But as a younger guy trying to make his name, a Pro Bowl is a big deal for a guy. Big Bob Tunyon has had a hell of a year, 10 tuds, the whole thing. He didn't make it. But I would assume you're telling him, like, it does not matter. Let's just go ahead and win a Super Bowl instead. Is that your message for big bob that would be i mean i haven't talked to him about it yet i think i was surprised by elton making it not because he didn't deserve it just because young guys don't usually make it in the year they should make it a lot of times because they might not have the same uh name recognition that is that is needed uh to get in and you see that every single year there's there's guys who make it uh based on the meritocracy and, and guys who make it based on uh their name uh recognition and i don't understand you know why Bob didn't get in. It was, in, in my opinion, a no-brainer, especially, you know, look at the NFC, and there's a lot of good tight ends, but with Kittle being out most of the season and then Bob's numbers this year, having 10 touchdowns and playing so consistently for us every week, I thought he might even be the starter. Uh, so, yeah, I'm bummed out for him because the individual awards are, you know, they do feel good, even if it's the Pro they Bowl. Do. Obviously, the All-Pro is, uh, you know, is a little sweeter. Just ask Bakhtiari about that, I think, but... But the Pro Bowl, especially, uh, you know, for young guys being able to go out there for the first time is is, uh, is pretty sweet. And 
uh, there's no game this year, but, uh, you know, Robert definitely deserved it. Hey, do you feel like you are solely responsible for landing Scott Stapp that role as uh, Frank Sinatra in the upcoming Ronald Reagan biopic? Comeback season for Scott Stapp. Oh, yeah. oh, comeback season. I mean, what a great year, right? Like a lot of pub with the, uh, you know, the recycling of that halftime show that he did. Uh, Kyle Brandt had him on his podcast. Yep. A lot of people got to see you know, how my man is doing now in 2020, like 20 years from being the guy in all of America. And now he's going to play Sinatra. Come on. I mean, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. Scott Staff's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we let you go, and you can't thank you enough. Uh, do you view yourself kind of like a stand-up comedian? No. Okay, let me tell you why. Your delivery of the same answers numerous times has been amazing to watch on an NFL Instagram Live. It was unbelievable. You hit a home run on there with Kay, by the way. I watched that whole interview. I was so damn impressed by both of you guys. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a repeating robot uh, cliche written interview, and that's, I think that's why some people enjoy this show. You guys enjoy having me on. I enjoy this show because it's you know way more than, than you, what you usually get from some uh, some of the, uh, the interview type shows, but, uh, but Kay's really good. I mean, I think they do a great job and I meant what I said about, I think the beauty in their show and I love all four of them is that they really do use positivity in, in a world where negativity sells, they consistently use positivity to highlight people and don't need to thrash people or, or, you know, go after people to try and get clicks. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I did appreciate, uh, uh, you know, that interview with her. And, you know, I think that's what people want to ultimately want to see. They, you know, they don't want to see a bunch of like one game at a time, take care of things I can control. You know, they want to see some authenticity and some realness. And, and I appreciate the opportunity like I do every single week on this one. Um, but negativity sells. And, and I don't know if you saw, but I saw a little format of video that Dana White put out today. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think some of the points that he highlighted, besides obviously the fact that UFC's had a good year, but, negativity is at the heart of way too much uh, media coverage. And that's why um, I do appreciate, uh, you know, good morning football. That's why I love what you guys do in your show, because you don't need to bash people or slam people or have a 30 minute bitch sesh. I, I buried the you know, you take a side and H takes a side and ties aside. And one of the other boys on the side and you just go round and round and round. I think it's beautiful that we can talk about things. We can highlight great, uh, great humans and and do it in a in a way that can still get people to watch the show and enjoy it and love it um i think that that's what we need more of in society is more you know positivity and love and less you know clickbait and negativity and slamming people to try and you know get people to watch a snippet of your video so i kudos to you guys your staff obviously i have a lot of uh, respect for both you two gentlemen and, and the boys and you know in a, in a christmas year um, coming off of Thanksgiving, where I think it's important to really think about uh, the blessings that we do have um, and not focus on what we don't have. I am very thankful for you guys, for this show, for the opportunity to have this Tuesday uh, the entire year. It's been so much fun for me. And I'm not going to say that it's the reason why we've played so well and I've had uh, a good season, but I can definitely say that it's been a positive contributor the entire year, and I, I do have a lot of thanks and, and, and gratitude for that. Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. No, no, no. no don't no, don't no, you no, thank no. us. 
Thank you, Aaron. Okay, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate you on here. I feel like I've learned so much about not only you, but life and football. And uh, the negative way is easy, by the way. It's a pretty easy, like people think it's like what we do is the easiest thing. And I, I, I do hear this from executives in the world about how whenever you try to be funny or upbeat or entertaining, like that's an easy way to do it. Whenever you go do the professional, like that shit's easy. So whenever people start taking the negative route, just know that that's them taking the easy way out as opposed to highlighting things that are positive and making riveting content. And every single Tuesday you come on here, the whole world reacts to it because of how incredible you are. So thank you for coming on our show. And as a follow-up, do you think that because you care about winning the the MVP award that the Packers are potentially going to lose football games. Oh, I no. mean, it is embarrassing to think like that. You care about winning the MVP and said it would be cool. So that's how this conversation ends for sure, dude. See ya. <laughs> yeah, sorry for Karen. <laughs> <laughs> that happened on uh, that happened last week, by the way. Have a great practice. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Love you guys, and uh, hope I get my vanquish. So, yeah. Hey, we love you too, man. Aaron. Love you, man. Thank you, Aaron. By the way, him getting attacked for saying it would be cool to win the MVP. It was, awesome. it was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen. This fucking guy can't say it'd be cool to win the MVP. Or it'd feel good to win the MVP, and now they're talking about. The, does he care if the Packers win? Whoa! What a wild time to be alive. AJ KG was a cool dude, huh? Yeah, he's the man. Like, absolutely the man. I sent him a uh, – when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I sent him – I had a, a, this big knife, and I had it made. I had it engraved with two Cobras striking each oh. other and then his Hall of Fame number underneath and his name and everything, and he was so juiced. I sent it down to Florida where he was living. A to the J, man. That's all. <laughs> that knife with the Cobras. Oh, yeah. He was just – I used to rough him up. I used to rough him up on the sidelines because he'd always be the first one out there to celebrate, like after a big three and out or something. And I would run over and start like – Forearm in the neck and arms just rubbing him up. And whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he'd see that I, are we, are we going to do this? Like, <laughs> he'd be like, and then afterwards, like, A to the J. You're going to bruise me, man. Too bad. You got to stop. <laughs> he was the man. Everything about him. Joining ah. us now is a man who's a CBS. NFL color commentator. This past week, he had the Patriots and the Dolphins. The man holds a football whenever he's speaking at halftime because he knows that sport so damn well. One of the voices of Madden, ladies and gentlemen, Charles Davis. Yeah! How you doing? Hey! How are you, How are you guys? Happy holidays, first of all, to everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas coming up. If you celebrated Hanukkah, I hope Hanukkah was wonderful. And real quick before we begin... I love the Arby stuff, and you talk about those bricks. Boom. That is so cool, because you know what it reminded me of, Pat? Go ahead. Karen asking Henry for a stack to go shopping <laughs> in Goodfellas. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. You remember? Yes. Okay. Now, by the way, I thought we were talking. I thought that was potentially a biblical story. <laughs> no, no. It's the complete opposite, actually. Yeah. I get it. The timing's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a biblical story. There should be some frankincense, some myrrh. But I'm going with Goodfellas, trying to make it a Christmas movie, apparently. Hey. But remember, she, remember yeah. he said here, and she was like, 
Yeah. Another stat. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, you know, it's been following me all day, Cameron. <laughs> and he was right, by the way. People thought he was freaking out. That helicopter no. was, was following him around. And also, an Irish guy getting into the mob. Love Goodfellas. All right. It's a great movie. Great, can, great flick. Can we talk about what's behind you? Are you do you have the most decorated office uh for the holidays out of anybody? This my wife and sister-in-law put this together every year, Pat. We love the holidays, and we realize 2020 has been brutal for so many people. Mm -hmm. And we consider ourselves extremely fortunate that we can have this holiday, be together. And I remember a few years ago, Jerry Jones, I heard him talk one time about building AT&T Stadium, Cowboy Stadium. And that was during the Depression. And people were telling him, you got to scale back, got to scale back. And he, he told us, he said, when people struggle, when the world's struggling, people want nice things anyway. And he built it bigger. <laughs> he went against the, the grain and made it bigger and more opulent and nicer because people actually crave those sorts of things if they can actually get to them. And when I was listening to it, I was like, where is he? And then you realize he actually tapped into the right vein. People want to do nice things for themselves to feel better during yeah. a very difficult time. So my wife and sister all put this together every year. We have every variety of Santa Claus you can have. Where's the, the drunk one? Probably don't have is Korean Jesus from from Twenty One Jump Street. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. It looks beautiful. Tell your wife and your sister-in-law they did an incredible job. I enjoy the the spirit you've brought to this conversation already every time we talk to you. And we'll start talking about the NFL and all the playoff predicaments that could potentially happen over the next couple weeks. But first, I want to talk to you because every time you come on, I forget to ask you about it and I get so mad. When they cut to you at halftime, yeah. You're always sitting there, good lean. By the way, you have a good lean on the desk. It's a good good athletic lean. And then you're holding the football. And as you come on camera, you turn the football away. You don't hold the laces. It's like you're hiding the thing. Do you hold that football the entire game? And do you realize that you turn the football while you're doing it? And why do you do it? I don't hold the football the entire game. I only hold it for the on cameras after the open. Like we do the open, no football. Okay. And then halftime or post game or if we ever come on again, I typically have the football. It's just more of a prop. And the reason I'm turning it, I'm sure is unconscious. I think that's part of you know my my nerves dissipating into me turning the football. I think that's where it goes. You remember the name Gil Hodges? Yes. The, the manager of the Mets when they won the, the first World Series, the Miracle Mets. That's not who I thought it was whenever you said that name, but that, that is who that is. Okay. Right. He, he yawned a lot. And the theory was that his yawning was his outlet for his nerves. Oh. That's how that's that's how. It, and I think for me, twisting the football is probably more like that. I can't twist it like the hefty lefty there in front of you, Jared Lorenzen. Rest in peace, legend. Rest in peace. And I actually, I actually did some of his games in college. He legitimately scored on a quarterback sneak against Georgia from the, about the ten yard line. <laughs> legit, legit quarterback sneak. Not not quarterback draw sneak from about the 10 and carried a lot of bulldogs into the end. <laughs> they didn't win that day oh. but he carried a bunch of guys with him cincinnati bearcats are going to do that to georgia in just a few days yeah, anyway so yeah. cincinnati bearcats about to get a big dub over the georgia bulldogs let's talk about football by the way i thought you spun it because like a sponsor got mad at you because it wasn't certain ball i'm happy no, to hear that's and, not and i'm going to come to you to learn how to properly spin it oh yeah come on 
to you make should. sure it's it's the right way for 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 the guy knocking it through the post. Well, we should. Well, listen, lace is always out. That's on the long snapper too. You should know that as a commentator, by the way. Long snapper's job to get the laces. Holder's job to get the laces right. Yep, bingo. So yell at the long snapper next time, and I appreciate you do the games well. Uh, but you should potentially just sit in there and just. I mean, go ahead and flex that thing. Yeah. Well, I think in the first half, <laughs> you know, the quarterback couldn't do any of this. I mean, they were just throwing a ball in the ground. If you think about it, I mean, it's a real problem. All right, let's talk about football here. Last night, Steelers lose to the Bengals. They, have you ever seen a team look that bad after going on a run like that? 11 games won, and not every game was pretty. They were winning some games ugly, but it's hard to win the NFL. The team had a lot of swag. The early bye week, I think, is coming into play here. I think they're a bit exhausted and tired, but there's no swag. There's no confidence. There's no energy. There's no nothing from that team. It feels like they're potentially dead, Charles, and that's a shame. Yeah, and it's, and it's hard to even say that because of the way they carry themselves as a team, as an organization. Um, no better swag coach than Mike Tomlin leading you. Yeah. But things flipped on them very, very fast. Early in the season, they ran the heck out of the football. They ran it well. They ran it in late-game situations to close people out, and all of a sudden, can't run the football. Ben has thrown the football well. At one point, he was a legit MVP candidate. Ball was out of his hands faster than it's ever been before. Receivers were taking it. But they also threw it downfield, Pat. We're not seeing them run it now, and I'm not seeing the ball downfield now. So it's two things going along with that. So that's where I see that happening. The defensive side, look, remember that Baltimore game, the first, you know, the first one? They legitimately got outplayed in so many phases, but they took the ball away four times. And then made the play they had to make it down the stretch to knock the ball free because that's who they are. They, As you said, not all of them were pretty, but they found ways to win. They almost look gassed right now, and I think you're on to something about the, the open week. Remember, their their original open week got, got messed up because of Tennessee. Remember oh, the, the COVID there? Oh, yeah. So everything had to change then. And then when the next thing you know, you've got the Baltimore situation. Yep. And then the game gets pushed to Wednesday. I think that that takes its toll on you as much mentally as it does physically. And it'll be interesting to see if they can get any kind of mojo going because Indianapolis visits this week. Need a win. And we could potentially have them at Cleveland Need for the a win. division title in Week 17. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns could lose that game, be 11-5, and five and not make the playoffs, <laughs> which would be wild. It digs laughs there as a Steelers fan. But they always talk about, and everybody talks about how football players are routine, like routine-based animals. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we are. Whenever we get in there, we just need a routine. What do we got next? Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. So even if the COVID protocols are in there, all right, I'm getting tested at this time, then I got this meeting. You can add that into your routine. For the Steelers, they didn't know it was a bye week until Friday, I think, of that first week. And then they're like, oh, you go home now and go ahead and take a sleep. And then you have a game on, on Sunday. No, now it's on Monday. Now it's on Tuesday. I do believe that is potentially exhausting. To, and now that you're a, I do. Hey, you get paid a lot of money. Hey, you get to play a kid's game. Okay, mm-hmm. so go out there and figure play. Yeah, that's figure it out. But these right. are humans, you know, and that's potentially what they got going on over there. How many times can you ramp up mentally to yeah. go out there without it starting to affect you? And it, and it does. But the beauty of Pittsburgh, you never hear that out of them. Mike Tomlin's not going to permit it. That team's not going to permit it. All they're talking about is we've got to find a way to get this turned around. I am not betting against them getting it turned around, but it looks dire right now because earlier in the season when they weren't running the football, they were still winning games. And they were like, hey, when we throw the little short passes, when we run the jet sweeps, that's part of our running game. 
I don't think we can use that. I don't think they can use that part anymore. They legitimately don't have a consistent running game, and they've got to have it because they've got to start taking some pressure off of Ben in the short passing game. All right, Charles, let's talk about the teams that are definitely, you know, going to be in the conversation here. Chiefs, Packers, Ravens. You know, the, these maybe the Ravens, I guess, I guess, I guess yeah. at this point. But Chiefs, yeah. Packers, Saints, you know, teams that are going to be in there. Who do you think is going to end up? You know, the Chiefs are the easy answer here because they can right. just turn it on and beat anybody at any point. But who do you think is really a team that has a chance to get up in there and make a run? you got to remember, Titans last year came out of nowhere. Titans beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Then they have the lead on the Chiefs, and they end up losing that game. But it was still a surprising thing that kind of propelled them into this year. What, what teams do you think got a chance to really make a run at this thing, Charles? Let's start on the AFC side, Pat, and you mentioned Kansas City and one note of caution with them. And it's only a note of caution because I think they're as good as there is right now. Yeah. But I think their last six ball games have been really by six-point games. Yeah, they don't come. You know, they, they haven't been just <laughs> flat-out bluffs. Now, the Miami game may be a little weird because they were jumping on them and it, Miami made the rush late. But you know what I'm talking about. The beauty for them is they've shown they can win those tight games. Now, the team I would be most concerned about on the AFC side – is if Baltimore gets in. Because if they get in, their back being the Ravens, I feel like they're getting that back where it's almost like earlier in the year, we're going to throw the ball more so we can be prepared for the playoffs and we're going to do this. And now they're like, forget that. We got to get in. Lamar, go. (laughs) JK, go. Mark, go. Gus, go. And Calais Campbell got healthy. Defense is going to be better. And their schedule down the stretch tells me that they should finish 11-5 and and press someone for that playoff spot. They would be the team I would think no one wants to play. And the second team like that to me is Tennessee because it's not just Derrick Henry running it. Ryan Tannehill can throw it and beat you that way too. And that's different than what it's been before for them. The AFC has a lot of good. Buffalo Bills, obviously a great squad. It's a, it's a loaded side, isn't it? Indianapolis Colts are starting to f- case. Yeah, the Indianapolis case you don't want to play any of those teams, really. You could actually make that case like every single one of them I could tell you yeah, I don't know if you really want to play them right now because they're doing this, this, and this. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the AFC side. The Raiders team, I think, is a team that's just teetering. They're in the hunt, but I don't know that any of us are convinced that they can get there at this point. Hey, that Ravens team you talked about, there's a team that was confident, by the way. It's like their swag is back. and, and Yeah. It, it, that might sound like something that's so shallow, but whenever I watch a game and watch a team, I want to see like how they're interacting with each other. I want to see like the the energy level because that's telling me what's going on behind closed doors with that team. And whenever you see a team that's back, like the Ravens seem to be back. Like they they seem like the team that they were last year, and that's a problem for a lot of people. Pat, I love that observation, and I'm going to follow it with this one. Des Bryant felt like a little bit of a gimmick in the beginning. Okay, let's bring Dez back. And, you know, he didn't make it the first time because he wasn't in shape. And now we're giving him a chance. If he catches a ball, hooray, that's great. But did you see the reaction when he scored the other day? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Did you see? And all of a sudden, everybody's throwing the X up. He's not just a guy who's out there now to, hey, I made it back and my kids saw me play. He's a legitimate guy. Let's go Goodfellas. He already was a made man, right? <laughs> so, so he's a made man, which to me benefits Mark Andrews at tight end, which benefits Hollywood Brown at wide receiver. And, of course, that running game is, is consistent now, more than consistent now. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a big deal, and they've got their energy, and it's, you can see it's fully flowing right now. And I, I'd be stunned if they don't finish 11-5. and five. Everybody else, you better win your games down the stretch because Baltimore gets in. 
Ooh, that's going to be fun to watch. I agree. The thought of Baker Mayfield walking in there and going, uh, I don't shine shoes no more. <laughs> it's just like such a funny – because that Browns team seems to be very different, but that Steelers game, last game of the year, is going to mean a lot. They could be 11-5 and five and not make the playoffs because of how loaded the AFC is. Now on the NFC, uh, NFC side, Green Bay Packers seem to be a team on, on the offensive side that are the most consistent. I don't know if anybody can stop them. It feels like they can go whatever they want, even though the second half of last week's game wasn't fantastic. It feels like their offensive, oh, like, like the Chiefs, it's like, is their defense good enough, though? Then you start questioning the rest of the NFC. Are the same? defense what they are all the time or what they were against the Eagles you know so I feel like with the defense the Saints have it feels like that team is a safe run if you want to go but there's a lot of offenses that can go in the NFC there are and and you know I'll get off of the I'll go to where the wild card teams are despite the fact that Los Angeles had one of the most stunning losses we've seen last week with the Jets. Hey, Charles, Charles, if you're the Jets, by the way, and you hear the opposing team's coach say, I'm embarrassed, I'm sick to my stomach because we lost to that team, is that not just one of the biggest slaps in the face of all time? I am sick to my stomach that we lost to yeah, you talk about taking your joy from that win, right? Like what? <laughs> They're Barrett. Like, what? We're an NFL team, you know. Yeah. But but what I what I mean with the Rams is Sean McVay has no ego in calling a game, and what I mean by that is a lot of play callers, as you know, Pat. I think we've talked about it before. They've got their play sheet in front of them. It looks like something from the Cheesecake Factory, right? Great restaurant. Deep, it, deep. It, I love the Cheesecake Factory. The, the portions, of course, are not good for my waistline, but I love the portions. Yeah, there's but dogs the, the bottom line is, if it's on that sheet, a lot of guys, I got to call it because I put it on here. If he sees something working, he'll just stay with it. If we're going to run the ball and stay with it, Cam Akers coming into his own now, the whole deal. Where's Green Bay going to have the most trouble, as we saw last year? Teams that are committed and will stay with running the football because that's what put them out of the playoffs last year when San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan said, well, you're not stopping it, so I will have Jimmy Garoppolo throw less than 10 times and I'll go to a Super Bowl. Wow. That's where you. That's where the concern would be still for me with Green Bay. Wouldn't you but fix that's, that that's, in the offseason? Really I think the Rams can consistently run it. Charles. I don't know that Charles. New Orleans would stay with it. That's Charles. With New Orleans. Wouldn't you fix that in the offseason if you're the Packers, by the way? Well, they didn't draft it. Wouldn't you? You could, though. We spent so much time talking about a receiver for Rodgers, and they drafted Jordan Love. Tell me, tell me where they drafted linemen on the defensive side of the ball. Well, how about Patrick Queen? He was still sitting there too. He could have got Patrick Queen who's making play. But big people up front to help Kenny Clark, I thought was a must. I didn't see it. Now Aaron Rodgers making up for every. He's the best perfume I've seen in a long time. (laughs) He's the best deodorant you've got because he makes up for so many things. And he is playing at a monster level right now. I, I just I just think they're the favorite. To me, they're the favorite because we saw them go to New Orleans and win this year. Seattle doesn't run it like they used to. That would concern me. If, if Seattle was the old Seattle running the ball, that would concern me if I were Green Bay. But I think it's a much better match for them now. But Tampa Bay, circle them. And if that defense and pressure comes at you, that's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens. And, of course, Kyler Murray – in Arizona, they are the Baltimore on the NFC side with the quarterback run game. Well, yeah, I think they are, but they seem to be so inconsistent, hit or miss. I, I mean, they, it, they are, but you you just you know how it is, Pat, in the playoffs. Get hot, hit or miss. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Anybody could lose there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It feels like what was I guess like seven weeks ago at this point. But that defense was – we were talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense as if, like, hey, 
Todd Bowles got them boys playing. They're a problem. But if they don't get pressure on the quarterback, the secondary can't keep up. So it's like it all revolves around whether or not you have a good offensive line. Packers have, at this point, very good offensive yeah. line. Bakhtiari actually got hurt in that game, by the way. He was out yeah. against the Packers when they beat the Packers. I mean, there's just so much to digest in this. The playoffs are going to be awesome this year. Uh, Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Charles, fun. now that the Jets have won a game and lost the first pick, do you think it's the smartest move for them to stick with Darnold or to take Fields at number two? I would take another quarterback at two and, and press it. Uh, you know, if, if you have that kind of a grade on him, you've got to do it. Now, whoever they hire – and I hate saying this because, you know, Adam Gase is still in the job, but I'm, I'm not going to be that naive and, and say that that's not a strong possibility, right? <laughs> Whoever you hire may come to you and say, I've got a plan for him and here's what it is. But it's going to be really difficult if your grades are high on that quarterback not to make that move because maybe a fresh start might behoove everyone. Fresh quarterback there, maybe Sam Darnold gets a chance somewhere else and finds it, you know, finds, finds what, what we thought he would have coming out of school i don't think all of this is his fault this has just been a wreck for him along the way yeah you you get it and and maybe <laughs> that maybe it's somewhere else he could be in the same market as carson wentz where maybe a different place might be the spot matt ryan too is potentially in that i mean there there's a lot of money up for grabs there in those potential moving quarterbacks whenever you go to the jets if you're a head coach interviewing for that job it's interesting the strategy you're going to have to have. Do you go in there saying, I, I think I can make Sam Darnold work? Or do you go in there saying, you know, I think I can rebuild a culture in there? There's two different strategies going into those meetings. I, that's, You know what my strategy would be, Pat? What's that? Hey, Joe Douglas, you're the GM. What do you Which want? Which way we go? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, can do, I can do both. I got ideas. I got ideas. I, I, I got a pamphlet here for fixing Darnold. I got a pamphlet here for a rookie quarterback. Which way you want to go? GM. I'm you, here to work with you. You ever think about coaching or anything? I coached for a year at the University of the Pacific in Stockton, California. Um, 1989 season. Walt Harris, a wonderful man, was our head coach. He later was the head coach at Pitt and Stanford. He went to the Fiesta Bowl against Utah with Tyler Palco as his, as his quarterback. Oh, yeah, so the lefty. Handsome, handsome lefty Palco. On that, on that staff, Pat, Hugh Jackson was coaching running backs. And my roommate was one John Gruden. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. That guy, those guys did pretty good. Now Hugh Jackson's slinging tequila out there. It's yep. very good tequila, by the way. I'm not sure if you've had Listen, it. if you're going to do it, do do the best. But I'm on the staff with those guys. I learned a ton. I only coached the one year before I got back into athletic administration. But my dad was a lifetime coach and a teacher. And it took years into my broadcasting career before my father quit saying to me, you're going to get your teaching certificate? You know, that's a good thing to have, son, because, you know, you can do that. You can impact. Because I come from a line of teachers, and I think I let my old man down by not becoming one. No, now you're teaching the world. Yeah. Hey, now but, you're but teaching now, the world. Yeah. You know, he, he's living with it now. Yeah, you know, and by the way, with Madden, you're teaching them how to potentially become a better game because yep. the Madden community is obviously upset about it. You're one of the, the most – We're working on it. Yeah. We, hey. work on it. we work on it all the time, you know. We do our part, me and Brandon God. That's what we're talking right. about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Hey, you're the man, Charles Davis. We appreciate you so much for joining us, bub. Hey, appreciate you guys as always. Thanks, everyone. And you guys are just flat out terrific. And I love how Aaron talked about the love. And when I heard that, I was at George the Iceman Gervin's Hall of Fame speech in Springfield, Springfield uh, <laughs> Massachusetts when he went in. And George Gervin's speech consisted of this. 
It's all about love, man. It's all, it's all about, about love. And then, he, and then he name-checked all his boys from Detroit who showed up. Pooch, Ray Ray, Lorenzo. <laughs> it's all about love. It's all about love. The Iceman, the coolest cat I've ever met in my life. Yo, man, it's all about love. love. Well, hey, we love whenever you come on here. We appreciate you. Have a great holiday. Thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, Martin stayed very quiet for us today. Oh, yeah, I can't. Know. Is this him? He does say hello. Oh! There he is, the face behind There's the bark. Martin. Hey, he's a great dog. Martin, say what's hi, going Martin. on? There you go. There you go. <laughs> you are good. Hey, Bye, we, guys. Hey, Charles Davis. Oh, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that the curators of Bespoke Post have done it again this winter with an all-new lineup of essential box of awesome collections for guys. Guaranteed to upgrade your life. Whether it's showcase pieces to level up your indoor hosting skills or cozy threads for those blustery days, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your lifetime. Yeah, I need to upgrade my uh, my life in a couple of those sections you just mentioned, so that's perfect. Yeah, and even if you didn't even know you need to upgrade your life in those sections until I just said that mm -hmm. it's no big deal because now is the time to get started take the quiz at boxofawesome.com your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories it's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime each box costs only 45 bucks but has over 70 dollars worth of gear inside quick math ty 25 bucks worth of savings already that's unbelievable and wait there's more get 20 percent off on top of that... Wait, what? Yeah, get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code PAT at checkout. That's B-O-X-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E.com, code PAT for 20% off your first box. Here's the deal. I know Santa and, and the holiday season, uh, gifts are showing up to you right now. Mm -hmm. And you're going to enjoy that feeling. Oh, yeah. You're going to say, hey, you know what? I, I like getting things that I didn't expect didn't know I wanted. And I like that moment of opening the box and seeing what's inside. That's a cool little feeling. Yeah, always nice opening a gift. You can get that now every single month from you to you without you remembering that you put it together. It just shows up at your doorstep. Here's a gift to myself every single month. Make me realize and remember that feeling that we normally only have once a year. Now we have it every single month. You deserve this. You should reward yourself. You should get Box of Awesome. I do need to treat myself. Treat yourself. Worry about you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or maybe a good gift. Yeah. For a friend. Say, hey, not only am I getting you this for Christmas, but also every single month you're going to have a box show up from me to you. How you doing? Keep moving. Great friend. Great friend. Good significant other. Mm -hmm. All these things. Boxofawesome.com. Code PAT at checkout. B-O-X-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E.com. Enter code PAT at checkout. Back to the show. <laughs> Joining us right now is a man from New England. Cannot wait to chat with him at the beginning of the season after training camp. He said, uh, hey, listen, this Patriots team is not good, pal. That's what he said. Nope. Connor tried to explain to him that uh, he had nothing but faith in Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick's brain, and the Patriots are going to be good regardless. And this guy said, nah, 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 listen. I was at training camp, Connor. Connor. And this, the Calvary ain't coming around the bend. Nope. Lo and behold, here we are going into week 16. 
And it has already been concluded that the Patriots are dead. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, uh, NBC Sports Boston guy, Tom E. Curran. Yeah. boy, Tom. How's everybody doing? Hey, not too shabby. How are you? Nice car. You live well. Hey, thank you for joining us. This is the house. It's not that well that I live. <laughs> If you're living in your car because the Patriots have been kicked out of the playoffs already, I respect and appreciate you living and dying with the team. Um, Tom, you knew it basically very early after watching training camp. You said, hey, the roster's just not good. The roster's just not good. You said, in this year, there were some moments of greatness. There was a little bit of hope, but ultimately they're out. What do you think happens from this point forward for the Patriots, Tom? What's interesting is, pardon me, we had a situation yesterday on one of our shows where our producer said, so why do you think the Patriots are out of the playoffs? And I said, what are, we, what are we talking about? I mean, think about this. Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. He's thrown 32 touchdowns and 11 picks. They didn't sniff the playoffs until he showed up, and they're in. Last year when he was here, he threw 24 touchdowns and eight picks, and I think he threw for 4,000 yards. The team went 12-4. and four. He leaves. They go to the playoffs. In his stead, the Patriots have thrown for 2,500 yards. Cam has five touchdowns and 10 picks. The position has eight touchdowns and 14 picks. So what's the problem? Tom Brady's gone. (laughs) Henceforth and hitherto, they better figure out that position. And Bill is very reluctant, it seems, to go to Jarrett Stidham. And he's got to give up the Cam Newton ghost at some point. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because Stutham was the oh, guy God. going into the season. Uh-huh. And no matter how bad Cam did, there was no – no, Cam, thanks for asking that question. It's a really good question. Cam's yeah. quarterback is what he said. Why was that? Because how much he liked Cam, how much he appreciated Cam? Or do you think it's because Stidham potentially stinks? Pat, it's both. It's all of the above. And I think that <laughs> there's a smidgen of, you know, you guys wouldn't have been covering 20 Super Bowls. And six Super Bowls and nine conference championships. And you wouldn't have your little shows and be on the Pat McAfee show if it wasn't for me. So don't come around with your questions about when I'm going to replace them. So there is a portion of Stidham. Remember that game in 2014 when the Patriots were getting their asses kicked by Kansas City and then Garoppolo came in and finished it out pretty well? Yeah. Stidham has not had that moment where it makes the Patriots say, okay, this is something. Even when we were getting blown out, he came in and showed us something. So that reluctance, plus the fact that they don't really blame it all on Cam because they understand the limitations, have led Belichick to be very loyal to him. They don't want to have Stidham go in there and throw five picks and have the game over like that. And they also understand that Cam generally, maybe not completely, but can keep it close because he can run with it but now i mean the, the, we've given up the ghost here so no, okay so i got a question for you though bill some things have happened that are not bill belichick like teams this year okay we go back the hoyer sack before half no timeouts in field goal position that ends that's not good that doesn't happen too many men on the field this past week in the first half coming out of a timeout at the end of the game down 10 they end up getting sacked on fourth down in field goal range ends the game it feels mm-hmm. like it feels like bill belichick and then after the game with mcveigh instead of like being um like i don't know how bill belichick normally would be after a loss but you can only tell he said hey thanks you guys kicked our ass man have a good one it feels like bill understands that this year was going to be a very different year am i reading too much into a lot of this no. stuff <clears throat> you're 100 percent right he's acknowledged that he has stated look we went 
I think that he used the word, oh, no, we sold out. Yeah. We sold out the past few years. And, you know, I think Brady would look around and say, did he just say what I think he said? Because I clearly remember handing off to Cordero Patterson during some games when he had to play running back. And I also remember throwing a Chris Hogan and Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon was here until he wasn't because he did what Josh Gordon usually does. So I think that the notion that they've sold out and that there are salary cap problems are it's it's a little bit of camouflage, a little bit of a smokescreen. Brady gave them a break for, you know, almost two full decades on the salary so to complain salary cap and kind of point at Tom and say, you know, we got to clean up after him salary cap wise. You kidding me? Tom, how, how's your relationship with Belichick? Right now, I think it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it has been very good in the past. I mean, I, I have had a very good relationship with him. And now, I mean, really, in 2017, when the Brady stuff started going on, you look at the landscape, you report on the landscape as you see it. And I really said, look, it's he's clearly holding the door open and waiting for the guy to leave, and he hasn't left yet. So you write that, you say it enough, it gets back to him. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in with everybody else. But he is a very transactional guy to cover. If you're helping him, he's helping you. If you're not, he's not. And there comes a point where the conflict of the two things becomes too great to continue on that road. You know what, you know what I mean, Pat? Yeah. Yeah. Look, Cause I, I want to get the information, but, but if I'm going to be not telling what I objectively be to be true and watching my step and I'm still not getting any information, well, what good is it? Nah. Well, and you can't afford cars that have that type of soft leather that you're sitting in right there. If you're not a good no, journalist, you know, I got to I mean? get the kids guys. Get out of that bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because WEEI reported something that I said yesterday about uh, Bill has been checked out or whatever. And now I'm like, well, Bill definitely heard that. I'm never going to get to talk to him. But I was pointing out some things that are very unbill like that have been happening because Bill's are stalwart of smart football of like, hey, this is how you do football. Whenever other coaches want to know how to manage games, they normally look at what Bill Belichick is doing for games. And if you can handle those situations, that's like Bill Belichick's big thing this year. There's been a couple bobbles in that world, too. So it's like, what the hell has he just been checked out of this entire thing? I wonder. No, and it's not that to me. I think that in the five days leading up to a game and on game day, you don't want anybody else running your team. Even that situation last week, down 10, they're at the 23-yard line, it's fourth down, they don't kick the field goal. I don't blame them for that because the way they were moving the ball, there's a pretty good chance you weren't going to get down there that far to even have a chance at scoring a touchdown. You needed a touchdown anyway. Wait, 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 Tom, 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 Tom. You think – well, maybe with the way Cam throws, I guess. You, you think, can't get down there. So you better get you're gonna have to get the touchdown eventually. But you can throw a deep you can throw a Hail Mary field goal, you have to be in field goal range. For him you have to be inside the thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Connor. What do you got? I knew that was coming. That's on me. Yeah, Tom, you've said that the roster stinks, and it's hard to disagree with you. But do you think if Brady's on the team that uh, the Patriots go to the playoffs this year? I think he can mask enough to get you to nine and seven. Really, I mean, so that's, no. that, that's what we're talking about. Would it would it be five touchdowns and ten picks, and eight touchdowns and fourteen picks for the offense as a whole? Probably not. What would Brady's 21 touchdowns and 11 picks get you win-loss-wise? What did the running ability of Cam get you earlier in the season? Got you, got you a little bit. 
So, hey, you know what? I actually feel badly, and, and I'm going to say this. Oh. No, I know. It's it's weird. It's a little bit maybe more attuned to things than I would be, but there are people living in their cars and shit. And, <laughs> oh, and my God, Tom. Do not no, feel bad for that. About it, joking about it, shitty. No, Tom. <laughs> hey, what a hero, Tom. Yeah, hey, you're a real hero, Tom. Full circle. But joking about it is shitty. So uh, Yeah, it's all right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. What you said about Bill Belichick, they're also shitty. They shouldn't do that. What do you got, Diggs? Uh, <laughs> Tom, it's been said on, on this program, and I've seen it some other places. Uh, do you see a scenario where Jimmy G is back in New England? 100% I do, yes. Um, there's only $2.5 million that it would cost San Francisco if they wanted to move on from him. What's their alternative? What's their upside to moving on? Well, they have to debate that. Who do they replace him with? But they also have to debate, is this guy taking up at $28 million on our cap too much for a guy who's too frequently unavailable? So if they move on from him, then the Patriots have to declare, okay, we're going to go into the Jimmy business, but we're not going to pay him $25 million. So does Garoppolo agree to come back where he was, even looking at this roster, and say, yeah, you know what? Sight unseen, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you, Bill. So I think on the surface, the fit makes sense. San Francisco could release him. The Patriots would want him. And Jimmy probably feels a little bit beholden to Bill in terms of trust. But when it really push came to shove, if you were a 29-year-old quarterback who wanted to succeed, would you think that Bill Belichick's going to draft a bunch of guys around you when he generally hasn't? And if Josh McDaniels goes elsewhere, do you want to come to this offense? Are you worried? It sounds like you're a little gloom and doom about the future of the Patriots right now. Yeah, I think I don't think the I don't think the road to recovery has started, Patrick. Oh no, they because stink, huh? They're going to stink they, for a long they, time. They got all the cap room, but they have Joe Tooney's up and David Andrews is up, and Stephon Gilmore is going to want to raise, and um, Deb McCourty's up in two years, and Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung opted out. We'll see if they come back. Rex Burkett and James White are up. Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler are up. So all that money they have, the folks are looking at to say, okay, Julian's 34. Who's your next core? Who's your next quarterback? Does McDaniels stay? They got, as Bill said this week, in sidestepping the cam question, we have a lot of questions to answer. Well, thank you for coming on here and answering all of our questions. Now go pack your car at a yard (laughs) so you can go ahead and live there. You know what I mean? Happy holiday! Happy holidays! <laughs> Merry Christmas! I really appreciate you guys letting me be a part of this this year. It's been fun every time. No, we appreciate you for being a part of this thing this year. We appreciate you, Tommy Kern. Merry yeah. Christmas to you too, Tom. Yeah. You guys. But Tom have a little change of heart about joking around about living in his car. <laughs> you know, good guy. Nice. Wheels were turning. Oh Gosh, yeah, guy. Sure. Somebody's probably telling me that I'm a bad guy for doing that. It's a joke. These are jokes. Might have got a text. I wonder if someone you saw someone pop his up wife. on his phone. Yeah, that was he, really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love where he drew the line, by the way. Cam can't throw a deep ball. I'm going to bury him for that. Uh-huh. Can't throw a Hail Mary. But, you know, this it is kind of shitty, isn't it? Tom, we can't lose your job. Tom, Apologize Tom, now. Tom, I'm not actually living in my car. Okay, people <laughs> are living in their cars. It's okay. like it's my car. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pittsburgh treasure national hero, Mark Madden. Yeah! going on bub well 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 hello pittsburgh 
<laughs> so this is I'm re- in Las Vegas. How you doing back home, Pittsburgh? How you feel today? Okay. How do you feel, Pittsburgh? <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> so Mark Madden is in Las Vegas. Obviously, you need a change of scene. He said to us off air uh, last night. You watched the game, I assume, somewhere really nice in Vegas over there. What were your no, thoughts? Under- How do you feel? Uh, well, first off, Pat, I want to thank you for having me on because unlike some sports entertainment entities we could mention, you know to have your best interview on, on as often as possible. <laughs> of course. Of course. You're out of sight. And by the way, my fee for doing this show is that Arby's brick, so don't be so quick to give it away. <laughs> you can enter, and, Mark. Mark, yeah. you can enter alongside Mark. All you got to do is tweet hashtag Arby's is great, space, and then four numbers. Mm-hmm. Thank you, the Mark. The minute this is over, I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, the Steelers are in a lot of trouble, but it doesn't surprise me because I've been telling people all season – that they were not as good as their record. They beat up on a bunch of crap teams. They had very few signature wins outside of maybe rotting the Browns. That was their only complete 60 minutes. And now the chickens have come home to roost. Uh, Ben can't get the ball anywhere. He's pushing the ball and has no confidence on any throw that goes more than 10 yards. Tomlin's like a deer in headlights. He does not know what to do. That's very clear. And the juju thing, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about, That is not the cause. That's the symptom. When a guy like that goes rogue and loses focus, that lack of focus trickles down to the rest of the team. They have no veterans. Excuse me. They have no leaders in that locker room. No Mm. leaders, only veterans. Mm. Because a leader would have told Juju to knock this crap off a long, long time ago. But the biggest problem isn't Juju. Again, he is just a symptom. Uh, I think they may well lose out, including their first-round playoff game. Oh, and if that happens, Tomlin should be fired and Ben should retire. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on. Let's hit I the... know I'm right, but refuted, please. Yeah, well, <laughs> Tomlin has been great for a long time. The only coach to ever to coach as long as he had never have a losing season. It seems like the boys are always in it. Last year, no quarterback. You've gone after that a couple of times. Almost led him to the playoffs. Still had a winning season this year. 11 straight, no, everything's unrattled. You're saying, hey, get rid of Mike Tomlin if they lose out? Uh, if they lose out, yes, I am saying that. Wow. Uh, it, it's gone on long enough, Pat. He has three playoff wins in a decade, and this is the third straight season the team is abjectly collapsing, abjectly collapsing for three straight seasons. So if you don't fire the coach, if the quarterback doesn't retire, you tell me, how do you fix it? Okay, so let's talk about Ben. You've always been a guy that's gone to bat for Ben because – Absolutely, absolutely, but I know what I'm seeing. You think he stinks? I didn't say stinks. I just think his his, – whether he's admitting it or – his elbow can't get the ball there. It can't get the ball there. He's pushing the ball all the time. You guys see the same thing. And maybe the knee's bothering him. I don't know. And if he recovers from those things at 38, what are the odds that recovery will be permanent, that he won't relapse? Now, you can make the argument that him at quarterback at 39, even like he is next year, is better than what they would have otherwise. But I'm not so sure about that. And I am a Ben guy, and I have respect for him as much as I have for any athlete I've ever worked with. And his accomplishments are undeniable. He'll be in the Hall of Fame, as will be Tomlin. But I know what I'm seeing. And there's no way to fix this if the same cast comes back next year, in particular the coach and quarterback. Now, hey, all they have to do to prove me wrong is not lose out. And in particular, win a playoff game. If they win a playoff game, then, yeah, this was just a hiccup, and things could still be steered in the right direction. But let me ask you, Pat. Does this look like a hiccup to you? 
No. They haven't played well for over a month. For and over they, a month. And they've lost their swag completely. You know what I mean? There's no, like, career. It doesn't feel like there's any up. No up- leaders. No uh, aside from the pregame dances, yeah, there yeah. isn't a lot of upbeat on the sideline, which, by the way, is huge for how your team is feeling behind closed doors. You can learn a lot about a team by how they interact with each other. That team seems to be lost for the last couple of weeks. It's been a long season. So you're saying that Randy Fickner should not be getting as much blame as he's been getting as the offense coordinator because Ben? Oh, no, they should, they should drag him out behind the barn and, and, and well, never mind. He's done a terrible job. There's no question about that but that's what we do in pittsburgh we can't blame the coach we can't blame the quarterback even though we kind of do all the time but when it comes to actually firing somebody fire the coordinator that'll fix everything firing randy fitner will do nothing ben's the real coordinator whoever the coordinator is just does ben's detail work period this is on the coach and the quarterback period did you think they were going to lose last night going into that game Obviously not, because I'm in Las Vegas. I never would have taken the week off work, and I thought they were going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm doing a guest appearance on my own show today with Adam Crowley, who's deputizing for me, because you got to talk about this. But i got to tell you, Pat, I was in Hooters last night here in Vegas, lovely place, and I was drinking, I'm not going to lie. And when Juju fumbled after the big hit, after doing the TikTok, and I knew that he would be ridiculed from coast to coast in the wake of that fumble. I knew that, and it's happened, and it's glorious. More glorious than D-Day. I had a vision. Jesus. God God came unto me in Hooters, Pat. God came unto me, and he said, Super Genius, gather onto you what is yours. (laughs) And he saw that it was good. And it is. Quick. Pat, I love when I make you cringe. That's my favorite part. Of <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, the D-Day, the D-Day line <laughs> was a bit wild. Before, Diggs has a question for you as well. I mean, that was – I <laughs> I mean, you are fucking outrageous as a human. glorious than D-Day. You know who said that first? Oh. Red Foreman on that 70s show about the possibility of Eric moving out. It will be more glorious than D-Day. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference there. All right. Um, before Diggs asks you a question – I know you're a man that fancies an adult ballet every once in a while. Have you seen uh, these pictures of Dwayne Haskins having a good time on Sunday night, and now he's had to come out and apologize, and people are burying him for it? Well, the only thing I think he has to apologize for is not wearing the mask. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. he's an adult. He can do what he wants to do. Although, out here in Vegas, listen to this. Uh, a couple of gentlemen's clubs are open, notably Sapphire, the world's biggest. I've not been there, and, and you'll find out why, because there's no point to it. In the champagne rooms... The girls are dancing behind uh, what could loosely be called saran wrap partitions in the champagne room. Oh, yeah. Mark, you can't be thrilled with that. You can't oh, be. Oh, there are three words that have nothing to do with that, and those words are down and dirty. I just have no interest. <laughs> well, you got things. Let's just move on. For those that don't know, I mean, Mark is a noted. That can't be good for me either. Drinking more, my God. <laughs> noted adult ballet fan, Mark Madden. What do you got, Diggs? Hey, Super Genius, Mr. 166. Um, first off, I bow down to you. You are the king of the mutes, and you were first on the Juju uh, anti-TikTok, anti-Juju. Uh, I jumped on that train very, very quickly. It just came out as you were coming on uh, that Tomlin said he is going to sit down with Juju and have a talk to him about uh, the dancing on the logos before the game. How do you think that's going to go? Pal, we're allowed to swear on the show, right? Yeah, let it eat, pal. Okay, you don't sit down with Juju and talk this out. You say, don't fucking do it again. <laughs> okay, you don't leave a 
choice. And that should have been done a long time ago by Tomlin or by Cam Hayward or by Ben or by somebody. Juju is A.B. light. Okay, he's not as annoying, but he's not as good either. And he's so annoying that you say, boy, he should be better than this if he's this annoying. (laughs) Uh, He's just a child. He's an absolute child. And let me tell you something. And and dozens. And dozens. dozens. You guys missed your cue. (laughs) Well, your inflection. Your inflection wasn't great. Let me try it again. There are dozens. And dozens. That's more like it. Of people in Pittsburgh who have encountered Juju when he's not doing a video that will tell you the kind of person he really is. Okay. Okay? All right. He's he's just the guy who lives for the camera. Without it, he's a schmuck. And he's not a bad player, but he's not doing much this year. Pat, Pat, what are his stats this year? They're bad. Okay, can we go back to the Tomlin talking to him thing? Because you're mad that he came out and said he's going to talk to him. Like, Tomlin, what do you think? I'm not mad. Well, put it this way. If I knew the talk was going to be akin to what I've suggested, I'd be okay with it. In fact, I'd be overjoyed with it. Well, I assume it would be akin to what you said there. But I I think also Tomlin was probably hoping that he didn't have to have this conversation, right? This Mm -hmm. feels like a locker room conversation that should be happening. I feel like Tomlin's probably at the point where he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to do this because nobody else will, which goes back to your problem. They have veterans. They don't have leaders. Will they be able to turn this thing around? I have no idea. Mark, can't thank you enough for your time. Enjoy Vegas, pal. Uh, it, it's it's kind of it's it, it's not as open as I'd like. Hence the Saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bust down those Saran wrap walls over there, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. What my final word is that could help in cleanup. Oh Jesus, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah. Clean up. He's a maniac. He's an absolute maniac. <laughs> Nuke. He is. He just came in and just more glorious than D Day. Whenever. <laughs> Juju got hit by Vaughn. I mean, that is what you're doing, though, if you're Juju. And I've been saying that for like a year now at this point, maybe two years. Like, hey, Juju, when you're doing all that stuff, you just – and I assume he expects it, by the way. Like, he knows it's going to come on the other side, and he's just doing it. And I, I, the, the thought of him saying, I'm going to continue to dance on the field and everything like that, you know, if they win – Everybody's talking about how Juju's a savage. You know what I mean? Like, what a sav. He didn't change anything. He does. They lose. He gets blown up in the middle of it. He has to expect what's coming today and what came last night on social media. It's just one of those things. You know what I mean? It's just he has to know that that's. I mean, coming. they highlighted it on the on the broadcast. Oh like. my god! And everybody's like, how it started versus how it's going. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a. And by the way, Terry Butler tweeted this out: the highest jersey sales by somebody other than a quarterback in the NFL. Juju Smith-Schuster. Whoa. Hey, so that business is booming over there. It doesn't matter how many times he gets blown up in the middle of it. And that's probably a problem, by the way. That is probably a problem that he does not care. I have no problem with him dancing. Just, I mean, do it it somewhere where they don't care about winning. Like, and they just care about having fun. But the thing, the bulletin board material is not real, okay? Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to do that. But I assume it's much sweeter whenever you potentially blow up somebody that, you know, is a... uh, a disrespectful person in your eyes to your team. Like, I don't think Vaughn made that play because Juju was dancing on the logo. But I do believe Vaughn enjoyed it a lot more because it was Juju who danced on the logo. You know, it's just a very interesting series because these are all adults, allegedly, some of them. What's going on? Right, because, like, I mean, 
you're, those guys are always trying to smack someone big time. But do you think like when Juju's lined up, they're like, okay, there he is. Like we're, they're just like guys are just licking their chops to fucking smack him in the mouth every time he lines up. It seems. Like. And by the way, it's not just Juju that people are trying to smack in the mouth. You know what I mean? In the city of Pittsburgh, there is a new face of people that are trying to smack in the mouth, and that'd be Evan Fox joining, joining us now. Uh, uh, SmackDown commentator, noted Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, Corey Graves. Oh, wow, you look so cool right now. I have never seen somebody look as cool as he looks. He has a leather jacket with a Steve Jobs black turtleneck on. I've never seen a cooler looking human in my life. Big Steelers fan, how do you feel about the world right now? Well, I wanted to call my favorite broadcast program the pat mcafee show and wish you all a very merry christmas have a good muppet christmas Christmas. yes with a noted exception of one evan fox because i need i I just listened to the super genius and big shoes to follow it's tough to follow madden doing anything he speaks the truth he knows the facts but i think they're we're we're being lost in the fact that everybody's mad at juju smith schuster when this is ultimately evan fox's fault (laughs) do you buy into that do you buy into the fox curse at this point Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. I mean, as a as a born and raised Pittsburgh, we got to blame something that isn't the team. <laughs> Bingo. So the one variable this year was once upon a time Detroit Lions fan jumps on our bandwagon and just runs it off the tracks. You know, it's very interesting. When I joined the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the, the greatest franchise of all time with the greatest fans of all time, I thought you guys would welcome me with open arms. Did you guys would be that? nicer. Yeah, is that what I saw the air? Yeah, you saw it. You saw it. All I'm getting is these Steelers fans getting mad at me because their team stinks. This is not my fault, Corey. He wanted to be a part of a group with you, Corey. That's Thank all Evan you. wanted to be, a part of your group. Listen, I think, I think Evan should probably take notes from my beloved girlfriend, who was once upon a time a New England Patriots cheerleader. And upon moving to the city of Pittsburgh, I said, baby, please become a Steelers fan. It's the only way to go. And she just refused. She said, no, her team's out of the playoffs. She doesn't care. She just gave up. She's a true fan. But, Corey, I've had 26 years of life, and I've never seen one single playoff win. I just want a little bit of football happiness in my life, and it's literally never happened. And I thought with the Steelers, this was going to be the year it happened. And what Foxy's saying to your wife or your girlfriend is, hey, good for you. You had 20 years of success. Foxy's (laughs) like, I didn't have that. I had 26 years of failure. I would have been a little bit more loyal if his team didn't suck so bad. I'm I'm going to blow up that entire argument with the fact that I'm still a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Uh, yeah, but that's ooh. stupid. You should not be <laughs> foolish. Dick's <laughs> <laughs> got nothing to say. Well, Dick's, no, I Dick. thought I was going to ask what year he was born. Fox, what year were you born? I was born '84. I'm not. So I've lived through some success, wow, and I also remember Sid Bream breaking the city's hearts. And I feel <laughs> like at this very moment. Evan Fox is on par with Sid Bream in the city of Pittsburgh as far as fans. Yes. Wow. Fans' point of view. Hey, that's like the fucking uh, the guy from the Cubs. Steve Bartman. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, you were oh, oh, you were akin to Steve Bartman. Yeah, it's oh, shit. <laughs> Don't show your face back in there. <laughs> hey, why do you look so cool right now? Are you going to like a Mad Men commercial? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I wish I was going to a Mad Men convention. I'm actually preparing to uh, step foot into the noted WWE Thunderdome to uh, do a little work today. You know, it's Christmas wow. week. We got to Hey, I want to. I want to let. I don't know when you're going to be on air with this particular costume, but God damn, you look good. Uh, thank you for joining us, Corey. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. you. Man. Thank you. Oh, Merry Christmas, even you, Foxy. Hey. Oh, thank you, Corey. That was Ooh. very nice of him. Look at that Steelers fan saying yeah. Merry Christmas to each other. Yeah, awesome. guy. 
<laughs> he heard me say, you know, no Steelers fans welcome me, so maybe he started thinking about it. We got to be better fans. Have you ever seen somebody look that cool before? No. no. Wow. <laughs> so cool, yeah. dude. His beard was perfect. His hair was perfect. Fresh out of the shop. Black turtleneck with a black leather jacket on. Yeah. He looked like he was out of a movie right there. Yeah. He legitimately looked like he was out of a movie. You know how you ensure that no one will ever look at you in your entire life? Hang out with Corey Graves for an evening. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> handsome. Son of a bitch. He may as well be invisible. Yeah, he, he's got all those tats, too. He's like uh -huh. the bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who's the handsome guy? And what's that thing with you? He comes straight out of like the uh, like the fantasy factory of some women that love the bad boy. <laughs> yes. yep. The dark, tall, dark, and handsome bad boy. Like that is he looked unbelievable, right? There was hard to really listen to what he was saying, but boy, Foxy, he hates you. He said you're a Steve Bartman of Pittsburgh, right? That's Whoa. Bad. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of things that can uh, penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you allow us to do so, I am eternally grateful for. Big thanks to Aaron Rodgers for joining us. Mm -hmm. Big thanks to Charles Davis, mm -hmm. Tommy Curran, mm -hmm. all the boys, AJ, just everybody. Can't thank you enough. Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about Mark Madden. Mm -hmm. Electrifying. We'll be off Thursday, Friday to celebrate the holiday. Uh, I don't love that we're not going to be putting out a show. So know that I don't, I'm not pumped about it. But I do believe the boys and I deserve a little bit of a break during the holiday season and enjoy it. It'll be good for us. We'll come out the other side, like a little bit of a bye week. Mm, guns blazing out the other side. Come out the other side of it, ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, so we apologize for that. But we got a big show for you tomorrow. Big guest tomorrow. Huge guest tomorrow. Huge. You thought today's show was packed. Wait till you see tomorrow. People are going to listen to the show tomorrow and go, Wow. You still trying to whistle on a Grammy record? Okay. Yeah. Just want to kind of bring that back to the <laughs> A little reminder, yeah. Because I'm not 100% sure whether or not these musicians are writing songs right now. Mm -hmm. But if they are, I would like to offer my services as a talented whistler. Oh, yeah. This isn't just like a charity case. This isn't some slapdick, you know, just blowing wind out of his lips. No, no, no. 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 This is good whistling. Mm -hmm. If you think you have a Grammy song... I would like to figure out a way for us to incorporate me whistling in the back because I would like to be a Grammy-nominated whistler. I think I've deserved it. Someone do the right thing. Make it work. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. What if I am on a song that wins a fucking Grammy? Could you imagine me putting that on the desk? Oh, it'd be awesome. Right next to Mangold's barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. To the left of the hefty lefty rest in peace, Jared Lorenzen. Adam Vinatieri's record-breaking ball. Mm-hmm. Fucking Grammy sitting there. Makes too much sense. It's quite a classic conversation starter. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a Grammy. Oh, it's my Grammy. Sorry. Do you have one? Oh, you don't? Hmm. What if I have somebody that wins a Grammy on the show? I'll be like, Grammy winner, Grammy winner. Yeah. Let's talk music. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows any musicians that are potentially going to win a Grammy, please put in a good word for my whistling abilities. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, maybe. So Ed, he's making new music. Need a whistler? Just one song, by the way. I'm not asking for every song. I mean, granted, I wouldn't mind being a whistler in your band. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be able to travel. Okay, I do have other things going on, so maybe not every show. But if you need a whistler, pal, 
I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm ready to whistle, dude. Let's get it done. Maybe not this year, though. Maybe it's years in advance. Maybe 2021. 20, What's the average age of winning a Grammy? Oh, couldn't tell you. Yeah. Maybe I'd do that in my 40s. There we go. Maybe I'd tighten up my whistling abilities for the next seven years and really make a run at this thing. Mm-hmm. Show's over. We'll be back tomorrow. Show's been over. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow with a pack show. Pack show. Pack show. Uh, we'll see you then. Thank you. Hashtag end of pod squad. Hashtag Arby's is great. Space four numbers. You could potentially win an Arby's brick $500 gift card. Do that on Twitter. That's the show.